Hey, this is Pat Swap in this week's edition of Beers, Bands, and Balls. I'm here with my host, Jason Morgenthaler. How are you doing tonight, Jay? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Phenomenal. Beautiful day in the Cortez today. 48 degrees, no wind. Blue skies. 100%. You ready for uh, what's going to happen tonight on the hopper? Oh my gosh. We're going to have such a great episode tonight. We have four things to talk about tonight. We have beers, bands, balls, and a top three. And we're going to do a little Super Bowl recap. 100%. And halftime recap adds. It's going to be amazing. So what are your thoughts on the game? Well, you know, my first thought is, does anybody care? I think 114 million people care. They put it on. But do you care who wins the game? I care who wins the game if my team is playing. So somebody asked me during the game, who do you want to win? And I said to them, I want Eagles 9, Chiefs 8. And I agree with that because uh, both me and Coach Swap are on a $200 Super Bowl board. It's the best board in, uh, you know, I'm not going to say America or the United States or North America, but it's a board where you look at that board and you look at numbers and there are names in that board that are sketchy County legends. And Ryan Keyes puts on the board, and it happens. He sells 100 squares for 200 a square in 72 hours. But guess what? We didn't win this year. No, but I'm still ahead lifetime. We are. So ultimately, did you think the Chiefs were going to win or the Eagles? I am a big believer in best quarterback wins. And I think Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. I just was upset. I love the game, but I'm upset with the penalty at the end. I know some people aren't. You know, it goes both ways, but I don't know. I just don't want that to have them get a first down and they run the clock out and kick a field goal. I agree. And... I think there's a point where there's some, there needs to be some sort of an edict from the league that says, don't decide the game. I think sometimes the NFL and Goodell says, we want this team to win, and you're going to throw a penalty here. You know, I know it feels like that. You know, I, I think the first time I thought that was Sonic Suns, maybe 94. Barkley with the Suns, Thunder Dan, Kevin Johnson, Rex Chapman. Uh, I don't know, Mr. Ruck, but uh, Tom Chambers, was he on the 94 team? With the Suns. He was. And a sonic legend. And he had one of the best dunks of all time. He was 23 inches above the rim. His knee was at his throat. Absolutely earth-shaking dunk. It happens that uh, Tom Chambers played for the Utah Jazz, the Storm and Mormons, from 93 to 95. He was with his sons from 88 to 93. So I think Tom Chambers actually went to the University of Utah. Can you confirm that, Mr. Ruck? So 6'10", 6'11", kind of ahead of his time. Um, remember the, the Sonics that were good but not great had Tom Chambers and Xavier McDaniel? Uh, I remember X-Man very well. I went to a game with my dad and went to the game, and after the game, he threw me his wristband. And I told my dad, I said, I will never wash this wristband again. And I kept it in my room for 15 years. I so, think I might be still here down in the basement. Do you remember the X-Man choking Wes Matthews? Yes, I do. X-Man is crazy. Did, Led the nation in rebounding and scoring with 
with uh, Wichita State. He was a shocker. Yep. So what do you think about uh, thoughts on the halftime show, Rihanna? Is it pronounced Rihanna? Did I say Rihanna? I think you did. I think you did. Rihanna? Yeah, so I, I get confused sometimes whether it's the Fleetwood Mac song. I agree. But Rihanna, beautiful woman, uh, talented, magnetic. Um, big question was pregnant? I cannot deny or confirm that report. So my thought at the time was there's a lot of platforms levitating. Maybe this is a harness of sorts, but uh, I I just I like her. I'm I'm ready for something for our age. Let's well, get I, some Foo Fighters. I want a toe tapper. I want at halftime. I want a toe tapper. I want something I can tap my toes to. Maybe, I don't know, Credence Clearwater? Well, I think most of those people that love them are 60 to 85. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and probably going to watch the Super Bowl anyway. I Yes. So my daughter is sitting there and Rihanna. Did I pronounce that correctly? Rihanna? Rihanna. No, I think Rihanna is Fleetwood Mac. Rihanna. Rihanna. Okay, I have too many things to correct at this point. Okay. Um, I believe it's Rhiannon or Rhiannon for Fleetwood Mac you're talking about. That's just off the top of my head. As far as Rihanna being pregnant, that has been confirmed by her representative, as confirmed at CNN. Next... Uh, Tom, Jampers, Tom Chambers did go to University of Utah. Finally, did you know there's only been four teams since 1990 who have had three players average more than 20 points a game? One of those teams was the 1987 Sonics. Was it Chambers, McDaniel, and Ellis? You are correct. Dale Ellis. Boom on that one. Dale Ellis could Fill it up. Oh, he was amazing. He could flat shoot. I mean, I remember seeing them in the late 80s, early 90s, and it was it was so fun. Yeah. So what do you think about some of the commercials? Well, the Bush Light was amazing. The Caddyshack commercial was amazing. I loved the one... I don't even know what they were advertising, but Ozzy Osbourne at a computer, you know, saying Oswald is here working or whatever he said. What do you think? I agree. The Michelob Ultra commercial with Caddyshack. Caddyshack is my number one favorite movie of all time. And just seeing Tony Romo be Bill Murray, I was, I actually give him an F. Because he's not that good. Romo? I think I could do it better. Maybe on a different podcast, we can redo Caddyshack commercial. I'm just not a big Romo fan. I mean, do you remember when we were playing the Seahawks versus the Cowboys? Hey, Cowboy fans, Murph, Vernon Brothers, love you. When he fumbled the extra point. They're Kicking a field goal to win it from like the two yard line. <laughs> and he fumbles an extra point. And who tackled him? Jordan Babineau. Amazing. Anything else about the Super Bowl, Mr. Swap? Um, field was bad. Turf, awful. Bad roots. So imagine if you're kicking the game-winning field goal and they downed it, I believe, in the middle, right on that painted area. Yes. What if he slips? And I felt like if you were in the middle of the field, especially on an area that was painted, 
high likely likelihood of slippage. So do you know the, I just found out the guy that's done all the Super Bowls for the field retired after this year's game? George Toma. Can you tell me a little bit about him? No, but uh, yes. Legendary field maintenance guy, maybe Kansas City Royals. I might have just made that up. So on to our next subject, local high school hoops. We are in the districts. And the playoffs are going. Amazing night last night. Probably uh, the greatest night of high school basketball I've ever seen. You know, we were at Mount Vernon High School, and we talked about this on the last podcast, greatest gym in the state, maybe the nation. And we had two basketball games last night that were absolutely amazing. So the first one, two storied programs, Linden and see home and that game came right down to the wire uh linden with an inbounds pass with 0.8 on the clock down two and they somehow had their best player open for a three and he had a good look and missed it but it was a it's a shot that he will make um you know if it comes up in the next game he'll hit it he's gonna make four out of ten yes I mean, that game was back and forth. I was amazed that both teams went zone. Unbelievable. I don't even know if zone is legally allowed in the town of Linden. I mean, Linden, it's gone. Roper's an amazing coach. He's a legend. I don't know. I think five or six state titles in the last 16 years. And maybe a couple more somewhere else. And I remember coaching with... Uh, the high school team and them going zone against us in night in 2009. And I looked at Brett and I'm like, what's going on? He's going zone. Yeah. So they both went zone. Seahome has 10 seniors. They're Seahome's well coached. Good. Brad Jackson. Seahome's good. Brad Jackson's a legend. Yep. I just felt, oh, I thought, I thought he was going to hit that shot. I mean, the recap of the last minute of that game when the refs put on 0.9 seconds and he gets a wide-open look. The the point guard, who is a... He's a JC point guard. He's he, going to play junior college. And just gritty. He's, he's their best player, in my opinion. He's a floor leader. Like, Roper yes. looks at him and says... Tells him what play to run, and he brings the team in. He's the leader. Yes, and gritty, and he'll make that shot the next time they have it. I can't disagree with that. It was a great game, and, you know, we we got there before the Anacortes game and sat amongst the Linden crowd, and... It was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. They are so spoiled with everything that they do, winning... Yes. I mean, I would, I would take them. I mean, I love winning. They've won. I mean, the last two state titles for football, last state title for basketball, and I sat there and listened to these guys behind me just yell at the refs, and then I, I turned around, and he goes, are you from Anacortes? I'm like, yes. He's like, man, that kid from, that you have is amazing. I go, I go, hey, it's not always that easy. You might have to work hard a little bit to win a game. And he's like, we're not, it's not like that. But, you know, that brings us to the second game of the night. Anacortes Lakewood. Anacortes, huge, huge favorites. And Lakewood came out and absolutely brought it. I think if we had it on DraftKings, we would be 14-point favorites. Oh, maybe more. And it was, you know, you talk about guys that do a great job. I don't even know Lakewood's coach, what his name is. But that guy had his team ready to go last night. They were amazing. Uh, I think it was number 11. He Red-haired kid with a man bun. And he, I mean, he flat out got after it on defense. They did a box and one. 
I mean, he was literally looking at Davis the whole time and did a great job. Like, amazing. He held the Mount Vernon kid. His name's Quinn Swanson. He averages like 29 a game in our league. Held him to 12 in their game. And they had a great game plan. They did. It was it was an amazing game. And Lakewood, you know, our kid, Davis, um, had the ball knocked away from him with a minute left, minute and a half, and he uh, banked in a 30-footer. And kudos to him, but if that shot doesn't go in, we might not win that game. Yeah, we had to, I mean, we, we were off a little bit offensively. Foul shots weren't going in. But to see that kid pick Davis, but then him get it back. We had a buddy, his name's our good buddy, Ross Metcalf. He's sitting next to our kids and a bunch of sixth graders. He said it was one of the greatest things he's seen to have them go nuts when Davis hits 30-footer, 35-footer. 35-footer. And he he hit it straight on, and it banked, bam, boom. And then we're up four. Four. I think we were up one. Yeah. And that was, I mean, the whole crowd went silent. That was the play of the game. I mean, it was the game right there. And And so we ended up winning by three. And moving on. And it was one of those games where we won, but respect for Lakewood. And I think that's what you need. When you're when you're a team that you need to be battle tested. Yes. So we're right now currently twenty and two. And based on the state RPI, we are five. And we are gonna be playing Seahome Mariners. And if you've listened to us on the first just a go-getter podcast, we talked about how much that we really dislike Seahome. So I think it's going to be interesting. It will be. And Seahome is really good. They might win it all. They have not lost since we beat them up there in overtime. But... I think anybody that has listened knows how we feel about Seahome. Wow, uh, I don't. I don't want to say it. I don't. I'm getting, I'm getting upset talking about it. I agree. Even when we were sitting there last night, Pat. Yes. As we're sitting there, they're walking by us with wine and they're and puke green, and just casually walking by, like they're cool. I'll never forget 1989. We were. Top five in the state, and Seahome iced the ball against us. This is pre-shot clock. We lost a game to Seahome, 18 to 14. I was there. My dad drove up. It was a snowy night. That was a rough road on I-5, by the way. Correct. (laughs) Hey, so what do you think about going to the next one? Here we go, Swappy. Uh, Beer of the week. Mr. Swap is going to unveil our beer of the week. So our beer of the week this week, and you know, I'm going to go, we're going to take a trip back in time to the, you know, we, we hear the term craft brews now, and I want to go back in time to when the phrase in the beer world was micro brews. I don't even know if people say that anymore, but one of the first one that was out there was the Sierra Nevada Brewery out of Chico, California. And one of their first beers was the Pale Ale. Nice green label. Seahome colors, Jason. Hate them. I know. I know. But in the, in the last few years with the IPA coming out, the Sierra Nevada has come out with probably my favorite IPA. The Torpedo. Oh, man. American IPA. Let's go and let's figure out how this tastes. You might have just heard that beer pop right there. Mr. Morgenthaler right now is sampling the product. What do you think of that? I think that the uh, Hop Torpedo cranks aroma and a flavor to full blast, baby. So according to our 
we used to be on Untapped, Mr. Swap and I, which is a beer app. It's a beer app. They give it a 3.7 out of 5 That's... with over 350,000 reviews. Well, I think they rate it low. I agree. But here's, here's the deal. Mr. Swap and I, back in the old days with Untapped, I think we became legendary status. So if you're familiar with Untapped, it's an app. And you check in beers. So you might drink a beer and then go on to Untapped, find that beer, check it in, which is you saying that you have drank that beer. And Mr. Morgenthaler and I are legendary. Status. Yes, which means we checked in 1,000 different beers. Boom. Pretty impressive. And that was not, you know, in a month's time. That was over the course of several years. But we checked in um, a thousand beers, legendary status. One of the things about the Untapped app is you you get badges. Oh yeah, bad. Oh, I remember those badges. So you know you might you might go to a an establishment and say that you are there and you checked in a Hefeweizen, and then you will get a a badge. Um, or you could go to a for being a wussy, or go or go to Canada and check in a beer, and you might get a badge that says "World Traveler." It's that that app was amazing, and I believe that you know once we hit legendary status, it was time to walk away. It was a great time. So I did. I I hit one thousand beers, legendary status, and I walked away. And once swapped it, I did too. We do have uh, a family friend that he's he's at twenty four hundred different beers, and I will not reveal his name. But he lives in Washington. I'm not even sure who you're talking about. What are his initials? Uh, he married a Starkovich. That I, won't give it away. I find it amazing, not only that you've had 1,000 different beers, because I bet in my short lifetime I've only had 100 different beers, but I find it amazing you were able to get on an app and find it so functional you were considered legendary on something that was a piece of software. So you know? when you go to a, a brewery or like a tap house, they have untapped on there. Yes. On the screens and on the windows, correct? Correct. That I mean, that's the best beer app, I think, of all time. I think our wives were really impressed with our badges. I think they got pissed at us at a while for just always like, why are you on your phone? You know why, honey. We're going to check in the beer. You know, on date night... Um. When I immediately sat down and checked in a beer and celebrated my badges. Yes. It was not awesome. It was awesome for us. Yes, it was. What percentage of your beers do you think? Because you can put in your location. You could put in a local brewery, bar, wherever you got it. But you can also check in from home. What percentage of these do you think you checked in from home? Um... This is on the spot. 60? What do you think, Jay? Uh, Yeah, 40 to 60. There was a few where you go, like, we we would go to a brewery we don't know. Because we always wanted to find the greatest beer that we've never seen. Correct? Yeah. And you check it in, and you're, you're worried about badges, and you're like, yeah, let's go. I think those special breweries, you're in a different town, but just yeah. getting those badges, you see it. 
It was, and it's it's uh, they had a tremendous marketing tool, you know, where you feel like you want these badges, and it's stupid. You I know? mean, oh, they're still. I mean, my Oregon buddies, they're still doing it. Yeah. I love them, but they're not legendary yet. No, we're legendary. Yes, we are. Okay, so you ready for the next one? Yes, I am. Okay, so we are gonna do one of the best band or genre of the week we are going to do the front men of grunge mr swap so grunge hit you know i was in college and i will never forget walking down greek row at u-dub and all what you- year is that 1992 so all i could hear was Nirvana. Never mind. And it was it was omnipresent. I mean, it was everywhere. You would walk by every Greek house and you would hear the same soundtrack. So you would hear Nirvana, never mind. And yeah. that was it. Yes. That's that's a ah, that's amazing. Do you so, remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I was, you know, in 1992, I was a junior in high school. You, you're three years old, three or four years older than me. I'm old. I mean, you're 50. One. 51. I'm 47. So 1992 for me, like 91, 92 was nerv- a little bit of that. Never mind. It was the Pearl Jam 10. It was the Soundgarden, Bad Motor Finger. Yes. Allison Chains. Yep. Like, it just hit you all at the same time. It, it was amazing. And I remember, like, a year later, going to college in Idaho and having um, Bad Motor Finger. Which was just amazing. It's just, it's Chris Cornell with Bad Motor Finger. Like that was for me the first time. But when I talked to my friends that were a little older and look at like Louder Than Love. Yep. Like it took me 10 years to get to that. But Bad Motor Finger outshined. Slaves and bulldozers. Slaves and bulldozers. Rusty was, Cage, like yes. outshined. Yeah. Like my two young, my youngest son, and his best friend Owen Starkovich listened to that on the boat, and they love it. Like what his voice is amazing. I agree, and I think Slaves and Bulldozers was the one for me where I couldn't believe that this guy had a voice that would overpower. Those guitars. Oh, when you, I mean, I want to, I want to, I mean, we can't do it, but outshined. Like when he goes, oh, I can't do it. I know you can't do it, (laughs) but you tried. I tried. Yes, you did. It was amazing. Yeah. There's one more that I love. Mark Lanigan. It was Lanigan. Oh my God. He, like, I didn't, I didn't hear him younger and now in my forties. Getting to know him through our buddy Bob Vokes. Bobby V. He with Screaming Trees. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, it, he was, you know, I think I think the deal was, you know, rock went from the the hair bands of the 80s, where there's there's guys kind of kind of doing their thing and singing to grunge where I think a lot of people could identify with these guys because they were kind of like us. Yeah. You know? You know what I mean? Yeah. And these are not obviously classically trained singers, but they're singing passionately about stuff and it's good. And they showed up in the like in the night like if you look nineties 
early 80s. You look at those books that we read during COVID. Yes. For all those. Yeah. All those bands. I mean, now I love Lanigan so much. I listen to so much scream, Screaming Trees. But if you had to do a number one front man of grunge, who would you do? There is, and I love Eddie Vedder. I love Kurt Cobain. I love Lanigan. I love Lane Staley. But number one, hands down, Chris Cornell. Man, just listening to you say Chris Cornell, because I saw him with Soundgarden in 94 um, in the Kitsap County Fairgrounds, Rockstock. Oh, my God. And, but the day before was Tool. And I love Tool so much. But anyway, Soundgarden with him, it was amazing. I still, real quick, before I get my number one, we, have, we didn't really talk about Lane Staley. Lane Staley and Allison Chains is amazing. I, th- yeah. I still listen to them right now with my kids. Well, the harmony between Lane Staley and uh, Jerry Cantrell, the, the, the harmony. But just like having that, those alternate bands like Temple the Dog. Yes. And Mad Season. Mad yep. Season, right, to me is, I, I found, fell in love with them in 95. I showed up to a college in Forest Grove, Oregon. And my coach put us together with two, three guys from different JCs. And they're like, you're living together. And we show up. And one guy, his name is Sean. He goes, oh, that's my room. He goes, do you like uh, Mad Season? I'm like, yeah, I love them. We are coming back from a bathroom break here on the View from the Rock podcast. Where, going to be honest... Bathroom issues affect others more than me. So we were talking about uh, best frontmen of grunge, and we didn't really talk a little. We talked a little bit about Staley, but we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Mark Lanigan. So we're going to give it up to the executive producer to talk a little bit about him. So I don't remember how many years ago this was. Um, Nine, you uh, 2018? 2018. So, oh, yeah, it would have been before COVID. Um, so we went up there with a couple of buddies of ours, Josh Johnston and Dick Fryer. Where'd you go? Uh, we went to the Wild Buffalo in Bellingham. <sighs> and uh, our executive producer is a Western grad. I'm a Western grad, so I know the Wild Buffalo quite well. Uh, I believe when I went there, acts such as uh, Macklemore used to go to the Wild Buff. Uh, but Mark Lanigan was doing a solo show there and we met Bobby V, Bob Bokes, uh, who's former drummer for, well, still a drummer for gravel. Now it's called Enduro. 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 And, um, back in the day, gravel, when he was a drummer uh, for gravel, they used to tour with the screaming trees. So he, he knows Mark Lanigan. And so he was backstage getting to hang out with Mark at the time. Uh, rest in peace. I think it was 2022. Uh, Mark passed away. Uh, so that was actually one of my first experiences with Mark Lanigan. I'd, I'd heard the Screaming Trees. hadn't heard his solo stuff too much. Um, but his voice with his solo stuff is like rich, velvety sheets that you wrap yourself with. And you could go to sleep with the smell of nicotine and pipe tobacco in the background. Oh man, it is wow. like uh, any unlike anything else. It was amazing. Like when I hear when I saw him and went up there live in Bellingham, his voice is it, it's one of a kind. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah. You know, I think about, you know, real quick Staley, Lane Staley. Oh. I mean, I tried to go see him 3 times and he 
couldn't handle it. It was supposed to be Alice in Chains Metallica. Yep. So just out of curiosity, Jay, who have you seen of those grunge frontman we've talked about? Who have you seen live? I have seen Eddie Vedder, Cornell, and Lanigan. I I never, you know, I was at the age where Corn uh Kurt Cobain, I should have. And I never did. Yeah. And then of course Staley never showed up to a concert that he was supposed to. Yep. So that's all I got. And I saw Vetter and Cornell at uh Lollapalooza 93. And it was amazing. I mean, that was at the peak of, you know, when they, when, when, when those grunge acts were coming out, that was at the peak. And it was amazing. Cornell and Vetter were, um, you know, it was at their apex. And it was amazing. And I, you know, I didn't see Cobain. Lanigan, though I regret it. I mean, I think that would have been the one that maybe was possibly the most accessible. You would have saw, I mean, both of us would have seen uh, Staley. Yeah. We were at the same concert. We didn't know that. 100%. With Metallica. But, you know, when I think about it, when I see Cornell uh, with Audio Slave, Mm-hmm. That's a different level. I've seen him twice, and it was crazy. I mean, seeing, I mean, we'll touch that on a different, different time. podcast. But I think it's time for the last part of our podcast. Hey, yep, moving on, moving on from grunge. Jay, you never told us your number one. Oh, sorry, my number one is Chris Cornell. Even though I love Eddie Vedder, my wife makes fun of me when I cry at concerts. Yes. Hey, my friends, don't laugh at me. I do. I mean, I'm passionate about music. I just remember seeing him in at, at the Kitsap County Fairgrounds in 1993 at Lollapalooza. Uh, and he, you know, he was so young at the time, but absolutely just owned it. Oh. It was a he was amazing. When I mean, it's it's awesome that I have seven year old kids, Rowan and my buddy Owen's kids, want to listen to Outshined. Yes, Outshined. When you listen to his voice, that's when it really gets it. That whole album. Oh, it's amazing. Bad Motor Finger. Okay, here right. we go. Let's go, baby. Are you ready? Yes. Holy sh. Smokes. What are <laughs> Yeah, we're not we're not we're not cussing on no, this podcast we're not on anymore. This podcast. What are we talking about right now, Jay? We're talking about well, first of all, it's the top three. Yes. So it's our top three most hated rivals of all time. Oh my Let's god. Let's go. Let's go, baby. So I'm going to go number three for me right now is the San Francisco 49ers. Holy crap. You know what? I And and here's the deal with them. You know, I grew up in Joe Montana, and they were cute. Bill Walsh with the wavy hair. Jerry Rice is running around out there. And I had no idea the level of 49ers nation that is out there and they can all suck it. Oh my goodness. I completely agree. Like I grew up the same thing. We watched in our eighties, like going to a Super Bowl party. We're kids and there's nothing like it was now. We'd be outside playing football or basketball. We'd come in there's no Super Bowl boards for money. No. It's just 
cheap little snacks, and then we watched the Niners win. But you know what? Back then, we were in the AFC West, correct? Correct. So now, when we get them back in, it's like, oh, they're they're a big rival. You know what? And and I could we could this could be an entire episode. I agree. Jim oh. Harbaugh. Oh. Harbaugh. He's he he's went to Michigan. Now he's staying there. Yes. He took what two interviews? Maybe one. You know, so Michi- I think Carolina Michigan maybe fans, win one. Be careful what you wish for with him. Oh, uh, so number three is San Francisco for you. Yes. Who is number two? Houston freaking Astros. Holy smokes. Yes. You know, they are, they're banging garbage cans. Altuve maybe has a sensor on his left pectoral. What uh, happened? They cheated. He, he ran around third. Did they win? And he walked out of the and went into the clubhouse. They win, and he he um, he. Every article of clothing, wires, sensors was absolutely removed from his freaking person. And you you can look. They show replays of him where he has something on his chest, A bouncing sensor. from his shirt. He had somebody was beeping him in, like this is off speed, dude. Bam, zap. I would love to see, you know, I tried to look it up, but I ran out of time today. That year, his batting average, and then the following year. I think it's way lower. 100% agree. I can look that up. Okay. While I'm looking that up, I have a question for Mr. Swap as a baseball guy. Uh, the idea of stealing signs is a fairly common idea because when you have someone on second, they can look and see what signs the catcher is putting down. That's an accepted part of baseball, correct? Correct. However, this goes beyond the pale because they were using electronic equipment to do that. Correct? Correct. And so garbage then, cans. Yeah. So then my, my question is, is it possible that if they were not accurate enough in doing so, if they're getting the wrong sign, they think a fastball is coming, they feel confident a fastball is coming, and then it's the curve. Is it possible that it could work in the other direction, that it absolutely screws you up sometimes? So this is a great question. And I, you know, I think that... I think this touches upon a bigger issue, which is I think one of the reasons the Astros did not get vilified by the league was I think there was a sense that everybody was doing it. Really? Yes. Really doing it to that extent. and But they just got caught. Nobody ever came out really and was pissed at the Astros for doing it. Except for the media. Yes. And I think it's because everybody was doing it. But they just were stupid. They're banging garbage cans. You know what? I effing hate Altuve. Uh... Was it Carrera? Korea. Korea. I hate Altuve too. I mean, I just I mean, I swear to God, he went 50 points lower the next year. But I think that everybody kind of felt like they're all doing it. I yeah, that's I mean, well, all right. So that's your number Two, hate the Astros. So my number three is the Astros, just like we talked about, all those same things. 
I mean, I'm just freaking pissed off about Altuve running in the clubhouse after he scores and they win. And all of a sudden, there's something like just bobbling out of his chest. And then he changes his outfit and comes back out. So if he had a sensor on his pectoral that said a curveball's coming, that is absolutely indefensible. That is absolutely egregious. And he may have. And he probably did. Yeah. So I, I don't know I'll what give to... You a, I'll give you a fact check right now and I'll tell you base. So... Um, we said that after the cheating was exposed that he got worse. So prior to that, he'd had about a 10-season run of pretty consistently being one of the best second basemen uh, in baseball. So then 2020, he only bats 219, which is 80 points down from the previous year. But I will caveat that. That year was the COVID season. So he played 48 games of 60 total that were played baseball that year so you know it could be that that was one third of the season and he would have been slumping and at that point he may have come out of it uh maybe not a big enough sample size because after that he went back up to 278 and last season batted 300 uh what do you think bat i just i think it's uh (laughs) i i think they cheated I agree. But I think everybody else in the major leagues did as well. But I love that every everywhere they go, they boo, we boo. Or they boo. Well, I know that you booed last year extensively and then yelled at Safeco that you were a P teacher. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> hey, I don't want to bring this up to extend the podcasting longer, but I think the question that you hit on there as far as if someone is cheating, but the perception is most people are at the time, does that absolve them as far as thinking back to the great home run race of uh, our generation between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, which was eventually beaten by Barry Bonds? Like, kind of accepted that a lot of people were on the juice at the time, like Roger Clemens, uh, allegedly. Therefore, are they, in your opinion, destined for the Hall of Famer. Should they be there when most people, it seems like, were getting big? It's super interesting because I just read a book about Ken Caminiti. Astros uh, third baseman? Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, he won an MVP, and he was 100% juicing. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, it's hard. I... If you want to do everyone in the Hall of Fame, do it. But we don't know who juiced and who didn't. Can't we just put an asterisk there? Acknowledge that they had one of the greatest seasons or careers and that they may have been doing things they were caught or not caught for, or at least call that like that, that like range was part of a, uh, a range during baseball or that sports era that is in question so do you do you think that so we do like a 97 to 04 yes asterisk i think i've gotten us a little off track but that sounds pretty good to me no no i'm not sorry it's a great question i you know um so you've got guys like ken caminetti who i think is like as a as a grinder the rest of the baseball world respects him but he juiced i know but okay, i think but everybody else the did end. too oh, no I, I know but you think about okay let's go bonds uh clemens uh not, not pujols can, can no. There are Conseco. Oh, Conseco. Jay, there oh are guys God. that the Bash brothers. Oh my God. There are guys that juiced. That's why they're not in there. But there are guys that juiced that we're not going to say their names. I and, know. And we all know them and we revere them. And they were Mariners. And oh. I'm and I'm not going to say their names. 
Uh, second baseman. Stop. Oh, sorry. Hey, agree? And, and more. I know. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Are you really ready? Yes. Oh. For number one? Oh, I am so ready for this. Yes. We've been waiting for this for the whole week, baby. Oh, my. Let's go. Yes, let's go. I have number no one. Number one hated rival for both of us. We didn't even we didn't even get to number one because we knew that number one was the same for both of us. Correct, Jay? Oh, it's amazing. I, I can't wait. Oh, yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready for the number one? No, I'm not. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I am. I I'm gonna let it go. Are you let ready? Let it go. Our number one worst rivalry is the Oregon Ducks. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? The worst, not only the worst fan base, not only the worst. Hold on, give me a second here. We gotta give, you know, the Oregon boys. I love them. No, I'll I'll tell you a little bit later. But you know what? You guys can suck it. Just listen. Yes, and respect. Hundred percent. Okay, Swappy, go. So. You know what? I grew up a Husky fan. And I did. And we both did. And the Ducks were cute. They were like Daffy Duck. They had a little Daffy Duck logo. From 1950 to 1993. Like from from the colonial era to 1994. There were it was Daffy Duck. They were cute. Green and gold, uh, and everybody's shaking hands. And they never ever beat the Huskies for a billion years. And now they think that everything, the entire history of the Husky Duck rivalry started with Kenny Wheaton. Uh, Kenny Wheaton's going to score. You know what? God damn it. Come on, Heward. Run the ball. Run the ball. You know Just what? Just like the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Exactly right. You know what? You know, we we as as fans up here, the Seahawks should have given the ball to Marshawn Lynch. The Huskies should have given the ball to Napoleon Kaufman. And the world would be a better place. As so if we, like 1994, Kenny Wheaton... If Kenny Wheaton can suck it. If you think about it, hey. so Damon Heward is throwing an out route, and Kenny Wheaton takes it and goes the house. That changed the whole entire landscape of Oregon. It did. It did. And they everyone, were, they everyone, were, every, they were in Daffy Duck uniforms, and everyone knows. And Daddy so O'Neill from, was a quarterback from there. Yes. Uh Changed the whole program. And now, you know, we have to listen to all of our friends. I have a lot of friends Your that are friends. from Oregon. You know, I think, I don't know, Mr. Ruck, 17 out of the last 19, would you, that they've won? That Oregon uh, has won? 15 to 17, maybe. No, it's not that much. That Oregon has won? Yeah. But you know what? Oregon is our most hated rival. I I mean, it should be Wazoo. But Oregon, their fans are awful. I mean, I have great friends that are from there. Jay, interrupt. And, of course, girls lost by two. Oh! Oh, my God. So, hey, real quick. So, we just have to do a recap. For Anacortes High School girls played at Mount Vernon High School versus Seahome. So they just lost by two. They were up three at half. Swappy, anything? Nope. Okay. Uh, great season by the high school girls team. I'm very fortunate for both me and Mr. Swap for coaching them at a younger age. Correct. 
So, uh, all right, back to the Oregon Ducks. So UW has won three of the last 18 football games against the team from UW. So we are 3-15. and 15. It's got to be more than that. <laughs> it's not. But here's the deal. I love my Oregon buddies. Yeah. But, yeah, it's so fun to do that Oregon. So we have a rivalry game we do every year. We come up to the court. They call it the Cortez, which is the greatest place on earth. So I'm going to do a little shout out real quick to the, uh, it's called the TCH, the text chain homies. It's a unique group of my buddies that Pat, you have met. Yes. Ruck, you might've met a few of them, but they, they're so passionate about their team that they like drive up with a flag all the, the whole way and come in. They stick a flag in my yard without me knowing it's funny. But he, uh, Mark, AKA devil man. We got Jay Mandeezy. We got Fitzy Fitz bingo Fitzarelli, Matt, Marty party, Marty ice, Stevie bang, bang, the maestro. And the maestro is from uh, Washington. He's a Husky fan. Yes. Sean, big worm. He was born here, but he ended up moving to uh, a little town east of Medford. Sean did? Yeah. Do you happen to know that town? Phoenix, Oregon, which happened to burn down four years ago. Spelled like Phoenix? Correct. Uh, correct. I'll be damned. Maybe. I'll check. Uh, we have, well, Sean, big worm. We have Murph. Murph lives in Arizona. And back in the day, we used to call him Adonis. So fact check, it is Phoenix, spelled like Phoenix. I'll be damned. The Wiz. Have you met the Wiz? I have met the Wiz. So he is the greatest backup kicker in the history of Oregon State history. Kicked for Dennis Erickson? Yes. Met the Wiz before the White Buffalo. Uh, and he played for Dennis Erickson. What do you think that was like? Like. Sorry. <laughs> that was a miss up. So, Mr. Swap? Yes, sir. Do you think playing for Dennis Erickson with who are the uh, the running back? Steven Jackson. Jackson. Who else? TJ Huzmanjada. Chad o- Ochocinco. Yes. Greatest team in the history of West Coast football. And Wiz was the backup in kicker. In my opinion. And the Wiz was the backup kicker. We got three. Hold on. Four more. We got Rocky. Nickname MOH. Colin. AKA Coach Kerr. He looks just like Coach Steve Kerr. And Jeff Vernon, the pride of McMinnville, and Jeremy. You know, I love those I, guys. So I just want to go on the record as saying, you know, if you like the Oregon Ducks, um, I think you're there's a greater possibility that you're a, you're a bad human being. I think. Yeah, I agree, but no, you no. If you like the Oregon Ducks, you're a bad human, except for John Richards. They're awful. I mean, I I love that there's four of them in that crew that are Beavers, three Huskies, but you have Colin, Matt, all. Ugh. No, they're awful. You cannot be a good human and like the Ducks, except for John Richards. I, I I will take it back. They're they're good humans. No. They are. Maybe. Possibly. You love yes, they're good humans. Possibly. But it's hard. Yes. So real quick, we're gonna recap the whole thing. What do you think about what's gonna happen for the district championship this week? So or Anacortes versus Seaholme. I love Anacortes. I love the team we have, but I think Seaholme's a favorite. I agree 
I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm worried about just a few people, but see home. Did you hear the story? What happened? No. See home player before the game went up to coach Simph and said, we're going to win the state title. I just turned. I'm now Anacortis. And I can't confirm or deny that, but no. I heard that. You know what? We're Anacortis now. Anacortis. And you know what? Seahome can suck it. I'm tired of the 100%. cardigans and the BMWs. Did you was... see how many BMWs were in the parking lot at Malvern High School? You know what? They pulled up there at 240. I don't and like Seahome. I know. Okay. Hey, so guess what? What? What do we got next next week? So next week we're gonna go um district championship review. We're gonna go MLB preview. Yes. Ooh, spring training. What's gonna be our music for the next week? Hair bands. I think uh greatest top three hair bands. Oh my god. We also oh and what else top we got? three to be determined. And we also have uh beer of the week, which I'm gonna reveal and we'll talk about that next week. What do you think, Mr. Swap? I think uh I think week two is great. I think week three is gonna be better. Uh extra producer, Mr. Ruck. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> Mr. Executive, executive Producer. Oh, executive. executive. That's the word you're trying to get out of there. Or executive. Executive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm excited for next week. I'm I ready. agree. As, uh, as many people on this podcast would say, it's going to be amazing. I mean, I know that we wake up and piss excellence. 100%.